0: Welcome to another episode of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casillo. Of course, we're always broadcasting from the Cellmark Studios along with Colleen Daniel and the About Mansfield news team. Coming up today, it's Mansfield news, sports, and weather for the upcoming week.
1: And a little later in the episode, you will have a chance to win a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery with our Mansfield trivia question, courtesy of Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance.
0: Let's take a look at the stories we're covering this week.
1: MISD warns of stolen catalytic Converter thefts on area campuses.
0: Meanwhile, the school district offers tips on how to protect your identity as a result of last month's cyber attack. Jonathan Dodd, what's coming up in sports today? A couple of MISD teams remain undefeated.
1: Coming up in the features section...
2: I'm Dennis Webb, and in today's science segment, we'll talk about another asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Well, maybe. I'm
3: Angel B. Asadi, and today we're talking about how quick you can make medicines work to relieve your pain in Methodist Mansfield News to know.
4: In this week's Cocktail the Week segment, I'll be talking about a cocktail that may have you thinking about having some more porch time.
3: We have the
1: seven-day weather forecast, and in the talk segment, Steve talks in studio with local author Shane Trotter. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. This is About Mansfield.
5: I'm Philip Washington, Chief Investment Officer of Stonehill Wealth Management and host of of the Wealth Building Made Simple podcast. First book I read in college was Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and it changed my life. And since then, I've read tons and tons of books on money. And what I've done is taken those lessons, simplified them, and I talk about those lessons on the podcast, Wealth Building Made Simple. So come hang out with us. We're on every major platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and on YouTube, Wealth Building Made Simple. I'm Dr. Joseph Adams, a calibration chiropractic and functional health. And if you or your loved one is suffering with headaches and or migraines, We invite you to come sit down with our team and see if we can find a solution. What we know about migraines is that they're a complex neurological disorder and there are many different triggers and appropriate treatment requires a team that can address all those factors. So if you or somebody you know is suffering from migraines, we invite you to come into the office and sit down and have a conversation with us and see if we can help you. Calibration Chiropractic and Functional Health, 408 South Main Street in downtown Mansfield.
6: Hey, this is Jeff Kish with Barlet Tree Experts, and I'm here to talk a little about pest and disease control for your trees and shrubs. I'm sure you've noticed all the beautiful, green, lush trees and shrubs in the area and seen them covered full of leaves. What you probably don't see is that they could be crawling with bugs. Many pests which go dormant over winter are now emerging, burrowing through tree bark, sucking essential sap, and munching on the leaves. Tree diseases are also present, weakening plants and leaving them susceptible to tiny pest invaders. Don't let these unwanted guests plague your property. Call the professionals. Bartlett tree experts will inspect your trees and shrubs and prescribe ongoing care to keep them looking their best all summer long. Give us a call today at one 877 bartlett We are your neighbors and are completely knowledgeable about plants, soils, and pests. Don't underestimate these little bugs. They may be small, but their damage can be enormous. Call Bartlett Tree Experts today and let us take care of you. The number again is one 877 bartlett or visit us online at bartlett.com. That's bartlett.com.
7: Hello, this is Tracy Hackler from the Texas Roadshow, and you are listening to About Mansfield.
6: Welcome back to About
0: Mansfield.
1: Mansfield ISD police are investigating several reports of catalytic converters being stolen from cars from area campuses. The district said officers have responded to several reports from staff and parents of students across several campuses. MISD sent letters to parents on Friday stating that, quote, in light of the rash of thefts, officers will be keeping a particularly close eye on any suspicious activity in district parking lots in the coming days, end quote. Stealing a catalytic converter can take as little as 30 seconds, and the parts are highly sought after due to the precious metals they contain. According to AAA Texas, catalytic converter theft claims are up over 5,000% since 2019. According to Car and Driver, the three most common vehicles that catalytic converter thieves are targeting are the Jeep Patriot, the Honda Accord, and the Ford F-Series pickup truck. It is now a felony to steal a catalytic converter in Texas, In June 2021, Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed House Bill 4110, which makes it a state jail felony to steal, buy, or sell a stolen catalytic converter. A state felony can get you six months to two years in state prison and a fine of up to $10,000. And Colleen,
0: in case this happens to you or to any one of our listeners, here are some tips on how to help prevent or discourage thieves from targeting your car. Park in a well-lit area if you're at home. Park in a locked garage if you have one. Make sure your vehicle is as visible as possible to as many people as possible at all times. Etch your license plate or VIN into your catalytic converter. A mechanic can help you with that. Paint your catalytic converter to help deter buyers and install an anti-theft device on your converter. Replacing catalytic converters can be expensive in the area of 1500 to up to $3,000. You won't be able to immediately tell if your catalytic converter has been stolen until you start the engine. When the parts have been removed, the vehicle will make a loud roaring sound that becomes even louder as you push the gas pedal.
1: And Steve, we offer tips on what to do if your catalytic converter is stolen. Number one, contact the police and file a report, which may be essential to your insurance coverage, which leads right into step two. Contact your insurance company. Depending on your coverage, your car insurance may cover your catalytic converter replacement. And finally, visit a mechanic as soon as possible. Technically, a car can function without a catalytic converter. However, this is not a sustainable long-term option. You should be aware that driving in Texas without a catalytic converter is illegal. Texas motor vehicle laws state that all vehicles must fulfill federal pollution control regulations.
0: Also in MISD news, the school district sent letters addressed to alumni containing details regarding the recent cyber attack. The recent investigation determined that an unauthorized actor gained access to certain information related to current and former MISD students and staff. The information related to students and staff that may have been impacted by this incident includes name, address, and Social Security number or state-issued identification number for staff. The potentially impacted information could have included financial account information for payroll purposes, and in certain circumstances, driver's license number and/or limited medical and health insurance information.
1: MISD encourages potentially impacted individuals to remain vigilant against incidents of identity theft and fraud by reviewing account statements and credit reports for suspicious activity. And to report any suspicious activity promptly to the appropriate bank or financial institution. The school district has put together a web page with steps you can take to protect your credit information should you feel concerned that your personal information has been breached. You can reach that web page by going to our website, aboutmansfield.com, and clicking on the Links tab. Incidentally, there have been no reports of theft or fraud as a result of the cyber attack.
0: Let's head on over
5: to the sports desk. Here's Jonathan Dodd. The Mansfield Tigers got a big win over the Legacy Broncos 37-16 on Friday night. The Tigers ran the ball with ease as both Sergio Kennedy and James Johnson combined for 287 yards and five touchdowns in the win. Next up for both teams, Legacy will play Dallas Skyline while the Tigers look to go 5-0 and against the Lakeridge Eagles Friday night. The Eagles are coming off a tough 44-6 loss to the Duncanville Panthers. They look to rebound and try to tarnish Manfield's perfect record. The Timberview Wolves have the ground game going in a 63-6 route of the Turner Lions. Timberview rushed for 345 yards and seven touchdowns rushing, including three scores from senior Jarvis Reed. They will play an early Thursday district game this week versus the Newman-Smith Trojans of Carrollton. And Summit clawed their way back to 500 on the season after a victory last Thursday over Seguin, 35 to 27. They will try to get back over 500 Friday when they face the Burleson Elks, who have yet to win a game. And finally, the highs and lows in this week's Texas high school football games. Your high score was the Paducah Dragons beating the Miami Warriors, 92 to 60. The low score was Pecos, shutting out Stanton 14 to nothing. And the biggest goose egg of this week's action, Dripping Springs shut out Austin High with a score of 77 to nothing.
0: Reporting from the About Mansfield Sports Desk, I'm Jonathan Dodd. Thank you, Jonathan. We love getting feedback from the community. And if you have a comment about the show, the good, the bad, and the ugly, you can reach out to us by email at news at aboutmansfield.com. That email address again is news at aboutmansfield.com. Sunday, September 25th is National One-Hit Wonder Day, a day where we tip our hat to the bands and artists who just couldn't come up with a second hit. You know the ones. Don't Worry, Be Happy by Bobby McFerrin. It's a great example. So this Sunday, fire up your favorite music streaming service and do a search for One Hit Wonders. It may have you turning Japanese while shedding 96 tears or tub thumping while praying for no rain because it's raining men, even though it never rains in Southern California, especially in the summertime while we gather on the patio to play our green tambourine with Major Tom. The lady in red or Jesse's girl or releasing 99 red balloons to the spirit in the sky in a big country while practicing your Kung Fu fighting and sipping brandy or tequila or dirty water basking in the seasons in the sun or enjoying an afternoon delight with black Betty or my Sharona who's dressed in Chantilly lace or projecting what life would be like standing outside a broken phone booth with money in my hand in the year 2525. In any event, with the exception of Disco Duck, I do have boundaries. Enjoy One Hit Wonder Day this Sunday. Let's take a walk on the wild side as we head on over to the weather desk and check the forecast for the upcoming week. Colleen, do you have a favorite one-hit wonder? Well,
1: Steve, there are so many one-hit wonders I love. I'm essentially an 80s girl, so among my favorites would be Let It Whip.
0: Mm, the Gap Band.
1: She Blinded Me With Science. Ooh, Thomas Dolby. And Tainted Love. Ah, Soft Cell. Good choices. Now let's uh, blind you with the science of the weather report. <laughs> I get it. Fall starts this Thursday, but our temperatures still feel like July through the weekend we allegedly have a weak cold front coming through Sunday into Monday that will bring us a low chance of rain and will supposedly cool us off a bit and lower our humidity. We're looking at a high Wednesday of 98 degrees, Thursday, 97 degrees, Friday, 96 degrees, Saturday, 98 degrees, Sunday, 95 degrees, Monday, 88 degrees, And Tuesday, 87 degrees. The Tarrant Regional Water District recommends that Mansfield sprinklers deliver up to a half inch of irrigation this week. Looking ahead, you know that it's going to be hot and sunny. Be sure sprinklers are working correctly and not watering the street. Follow the cycle and soak method and water entirely on one day or spread out a quarter inch on two days. For more watering tips, visit waterisawesome.com. Coming up after the break, we turn the page to the features section. As always, we're talking science, health, and rounding it out with the cocktail of the week. We are Mansfield's only source for news, talk, and information. I'm Colleen Daniel, and this is About Mansfield. At Methodist
0: Health System, every person we treat morning, class. is a vital part of the communities we call home. Table for two. That's why we're dedicated to exceptional, innovative care. From robotic surgery and advanced oncology, to helping you find a healthier
1: path. And hold that pose. Three, two, one.
0: Being there when and where our neighbors need
1: us. The doctor will be right in.
0: That's community and why so many people trust Methodist.
6: Hi, this is Roger of the Roger and Beth team at Century 21 Judge Fight. The real estate market is far more dynamic today than it has ever been, with values changing quickly. Now is the time to get an update on your real estate portfolio. We're offering a no cost, no obligation real estate portfolio review to all about Mansfield podcast listeners. Visit our website at homesinmansfield.com to learn more and to stay on top of what's happening in your neighborhood. Thank you for allowing us to serve you as your go-to Mansfield area real estate resource. Again, that's homesinmansfield.com.
1: Congratulations to Cody Willis, who was the first person to email the correct answer to last week's trivia question. What year was Dr. Kimberly Cantu hired by the Mansfield ISD? Cody knew that according to the MISD website, Superintendent Dr. Cantu was hired as a teacher and coach at Mansfield High School in 1993. When we come back, this week's trivia question, this is About Mansfield.
0: Hey, it's Steve Casillo. I want to take a second to tell you about Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. It's where we record and produce the About Mansfield podcast episodes. Podcast Mansfield is a full-service studio with recording, editing, mixing, and mastering capabilities and can even help market your podcast. Podcast Mansfield is home to such great locally produced shows such as Ask Philip, Daughter of the Other Woman, Stir the Pot, He Loves Me, He Loves Me Not, and We Are TPM, just to name a few, and also handles post-production duties for remote clients, such as Coaching Through Chaos out of San Diego and Military Resource Radio out of Detroit. So whether you're a hands-on person who just needs a place to record your podcast, or need advice from concept to completion, Podcast Mansfield is there to help. Conveniently located on Heritage Parkway just off of 287 in Mansfield, mention the About Mansfield podcast and record your first episode at no charge. For more information on starting your podcast, or if you're looking for a better place to record, Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio can be found on the Internet at
4: PodcastMansfield.com. Hi, this is Joe Jenkins with Joe Jenkins Farmers Insurance, specializing in auto, home, commercial, and life insurance. I was born and raised here in Mansfield, Texas. We're active in the community and Mansfield's a town we really care about. Our office has over 30 years experience in the insurance industry and we're passionate about what we do and about customer service. For a free quote, please visit our website at joejenkinsinsurance.com or give us a call at 817-472-6058. Once again, that website is JoeJenkinsInsurance.com.
0: It is time for the highly coveted, wildly popular About Mansfield trivia question. If you are the first person to email the correct answer to... Trivia at aboutmansfield.com. You will receive your choice of a $25 gift card to a local Mansfield eatery brought to you by Joe Jenkins Insurance. Whether you're looking for homeowners, auto, commercial, or any other type of insurance, Joe has helped Mansfield area residents understand the insurance coverage that best fit their needs since 2010. You can find him on the internet at Insurance. Dot com. Let's get to this week's question, Colleen.
1: Well, Steve, there is only one person in history to win world boxing, karate, and kickboxing titles and hold them all at the same time. And he's a Mansfield resident. This week's trivia question is, who is he? Email your answer to trivia at aboutmansfield.com. Again, name the only person in history to hold simultaneous titles in world boxing, karate, and kickboxing. Good luck, and thanks to Joe Jenkins Insurance for the gift card. Hi, this is
5: Kyle Teixeira with Teixeira Property Management, and you are listening to About Mansfield.
1: Welcome back to About Mansfield, your audio newspaper. Let's open up the features section.
0: Let's head on over to the science desk where roving science reporter Dennis Webb talks about
2: another asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Well, maybe. Thank you, Steve. Recently I read a Science Magazine article about recent research by a Scottish geologist, Usgen Nicholson, and American co-author Veronica Bray. Nicholson had been studying seismic surveys of the ocean off the west coast of Africa. These kind of surveys make an acoustic pulse near the surface of the oceans and collect acoustic reflections that include a picture of the sea bottom and the geologic layers beneath it. This was the kind of work my dad did for oil companies. Nicholson discovered a five-mile-wide bowl-shaped structure with a broken-up terraced floor and a pronounced central peak. This is typical of many impact craters on the Earth, the Moon, and planets. Preliminary evidence suggests it happened around the same time as the Chicxulub meteor crater 400 million years ago. If the impact can be proven and dated to a very similar time, it is possible that these two asteroids had traveled through space together and separately hit the Earth as the Earth rotated. This is interesting, but it has a long way to go before it's accepted. To confirm it, somebody needs to drill through it and bring the rock cores to the surface for study. Nicholson and Bray are actually working on trying to get this drilling funded. To understand the obstacles to this theory becoming widely accepted, it's useful to review how the Chicxulub Impact Theory was slowly accepted. Here's how that happened. Before 1980, geologists had theorized that the dinosaur mass extinction event was due to a massive asteroid strike somewhere on the planet. And it would blast Earth and asteroid material high into the atmosphere, change the climate for years, and distribute impact material worldwide. This idea seems supported by evidence of a rock layer found in Italy with an unusual concentration of the element iridium. This element is common in many asteroids, but very rare on the Earth. This iridium layer was right on top of the last layers that had any large dinosaur fossils. This suggested that the extinction event happened around the same time as an impact. Similar iridium layers at similar ages were found all over the globe. At this time, nobody could find a crater on the Earth that matched the theorized size and date of the event, so the idea remained a controversial hypothesis. Elsewhere in 1980, two other geologists working for Mexico's state-owned company, Pemex, had done an aerial magnetometer survey around the northern part of the Yucatan Peninsula, close to where the town of Chicxulub is. The company had done a gravity survey years before, that's another kind of geologic survey, and when the geologists combined the magnetic and gravity data, they saw evidence of a 110 mile wide crater, most of it offshore we know a lot about what is below the surface of the earth but large swaths of this data are considered proprietary commercial data by the oil companies and this is sometimes an obstacle to scientific progress on the other hand if companies were not looking for competitive advantage in finding oil none of these surveys would have been done the science of geology is very tightly linked with the oil industry While the Pemex geologists were not allowed to formally publish or share the proprietary data beyond the company, they were approved to present a summary at the 1981 Society of Exploration Geophysicists Conference in Houston. This was my dad's professional organization. He sometimes attended this conference. This year's conference was unfortunately lightly attended and some of the planetary scientists who often attended were at a different conference in Utah. The Utah conference had skiing. The geophysics conference had Houston in January. Back then, Newspapers had science reporters, and the Houston Chronicle's Carlos Byers wrote a story about it, but nobody in the planetary science world ever heard about it, and there was no peer-reviewed published paper to live on. I recall reading Carlos Byers' science reporting in the paper those years, as he was also covering the space program. I did not always agree with what he wrote about us, but that's normal for a free press. One of the Pemex geologists found his company had had drilled and collected core samples from the area in 1951, up here, you know, north of the Yucatan, and this could prove or disprove the impact, but nobody could find the cores. Ten years after this conference, reporter Carlos Byers told one of the iridium layer discoverers about the Pemex research, and the two teams started working together. This larger team was able to finally locate the 1951 core samples that, for some reason, had been stored in New Orleans, Louisiana, rather than Mexico. The cores clearly showed the well-established geologic evidence of massive impact, and the team finally published a paper with their findings in 1991. One of the Pemex geologists suggested that they name the crater after the nearby town of Chixulub to give the academics and NASA naysayers a challenging time pronouncing it the other snark in science. In 2010 a worldwide panel looked at all the evidence as a lot more had come in, and the participants in the panel widely agreed that the evidence supported an impact theory, with a few dissenters who thought that the evidence could indicate a volcanic feature. Impact geologists and volcanic geologists have been arguing this question for most of a century over many craters. The Chikshu story, while taking 30 years to complete, using data collected across 70 years, is a great summary of how important new science happens. First, keep in mind that all these geologists have full-time jobs between the academic researchers who discovered the iridium layer and the oil company geologist whose job was to collect and analyze data to find new oil deposits. Second, The geologists found the early discoveries interesting and worked on each until the research funding ran out or the company bureaucracy stopped them and told them to go work on something that makes us money. With these dead ends, they all go on to their next geology project. Third, the project revives when one team discovers the other's progress and data, and in this case, it's a science reporter's casual mention. Contemporary philosopher Malcolm Gladwell would label this science reporter's role as a connector that is, a generalist who knows a little about a lot of things and interacts with huge numbers of people who know their subjects very deeply. To an extent, I owe my long partnership with co-author Jeff Knipe to a connector who introduced us, and we went on to produce seven astronomy books together. Our connector is a wacky, kind of outgoing person we both knew, but she seemed to know everybody in academic astronomy, science journalism, and amateur astronomy, at least in Texas. Hey! you two guys are interested in the same thing. I'm very grateful to live in a world with connectors and for this particular connector. And Gladwell notes that connectors are there in all fields of human endeavor, not just science. Are you a connector? Do you know a connector? I think good things happen when there are connectors around. If you have any questions about science, send an email to info at aboutmansfield.com. From the Science Desk at About Mansfield, I'm Dennis Webb. Angel Biasati
1: is here with information on how your body posture can help relieve aches and pains more quickly in today's Methodist Mansfield News to Know.
3: Angel? Did you know body posture plays a role in how quick medicine is digested and begins working in your body? A new study by researchers at John Hopkins University found that most medications don't start working until they reach the intestines. This means that the closer a pill is to the lower part of the stomach, the faster it will dissolve and enter the small intestines, therefore relieving your pain. Don't take a pill and do a handstand just yet. The researchers found that body posture has a profound effect on how quickly medicine is digested and begins to work. So if you want that headache pain and fever to go away quickly by taking an aspirin or some other drug, change your body position so the pill can dissolve more easily. Researchers tested four body positions, standing upright, laying straight back, lying on the right side, and lying on the left side. And they recorded the time it took a pill to dissolve after being taken. They found that lying on your right side allows a pill to reach the deepest part of the stomach and dissolve more quickly. It took 10 minutes for a pill to dissolve when an individual was lying on the right side. In comparison. It took 23 minutes for a pill to dissolve when a person was standing upright or lying straight back, and over 100 minutes when a person was lying on their left side. If you want quick relief or are caring for someone who is bedridden or elderly, you definitely don't want them to be on the left side because that could slow down the rate at which the pill dissolves right side is right, according to the study. Who knew? The researchers' findings also apply to how food is digested. It's definitely something you might consider when going to sleep after eating a big dinner. Quite frankly, I've never thought about it, whether I was taking a pill the right or wrong way. So now I'll definitely think about it every time I take a pill, and take it on the right side. With Methodist Mansfield News to Know, I'm Angel B. reporting for About Mansfield Podcast. Shaken
1: or stirred, either way, you know it's going to be good as Brian Certain closes out summer in the Cocktail of the Week. Brian?
4: In this week's Cocktail of the Week is the Sparkling Punch. And as we officially end summer here in Texas and start fall, I thought I would bring you a cocktail today to ease your transition from summer to fall. Today, we're going to be combining sparkling rosé wine with limoncello and some reminders of summer's great fruits. But don't worry about taking any notes, as I'll be giving out all the ingredients and instructions and posting them on bourbangospel.com. So this week's cocktail is the sparkling punch. This is a punch drink, so we're going to be making it, and it makes about six portions. So you're going to take a 750-milliliter bottle of chilled, sparkling rosé wine. you need about three-fourths of a cup of limoncello. You'll need about a cup of fresh raspberries and about a cup of quartered fresh strawberries with the green tops removed. And then you're going to take one medium lemon and slice it thinly and remove the seeds. To make the cocktail, it's as simple as taking a large pitcher, combining the limoncello, the raspberries, and strawberries, topping with the chilled rosé wine, and then stirring in half of the lemon wheels. To serve it, you're going to pour in an old-fashioned glass with ice and then top with a lemon wheel serve six. But as always, you can reach me um, at bourbongospel at gmail.com. So, if you have a comment or want to give me your take on the cocktail, I'd love to hear from you. And until next week, as Mark Twain said, too much of anything is bad, but too much whiskey is barely enough. Reporting for the About Mansfield podcast, I'm Brian Certain.
3: Hi, I'm MISD School Board President, Courtney Lackey-Wilson, and you're listening to About Mansfield.
0: Welcome back to another segment of About Mansfield. I'm Steve Casio, making the transition from news to talk. And in the studio today, if we go back in time, go through the archives in into the 2021 archives and do a search for the name Shane Trotter, because we had him on the show last year, and he was so fascinating He was so fascinating that we brought him back. He's here in the studio now. He is the author of a book called Setting the Bar, Preparing Our Kids to Thrive in an Era of Distraction, Dependency, and Entitlement. Shane Trotter is a writer, educator. He's a high school strength and conditioning coordinator. Lives right here in beautiful Mansfield, Texas, with his wife and two kids. And uh, we welcome back to About Mansfield, Shane Trotter. Thank you, Steve. It's good to be here. Preparing our kids to thrive in an era of distraction, dependency, and entitlement. Now we 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 talked about the book last time you were here. I don't remember where we picked up, where we left off, and so I may I may ask you some questions that I did six or eight months ago, but uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is going to go in a different direction as well. But just based on the subtitle.
7: Are, are our kids entitled? Yes. <laughs> Even those that you would not expect to be entitled, I would argue. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Define that. What do you mean? I think that culturally we have created an expectation amongst kids that they will be taken care of. Uh, and we've lost the once obvious notion that uh, the the most important part of childhood is becoming an adult, is, right. is, is being inculcated in so, certain cultural values that uh, prepare you to be a specific type of person, uh, an autonomous, uh, contribution-oriented citizen uh, of, of some sort who is capable of going out in the world, not just going out in the world, but thriving in it.
0: Well, and that's the that's the title of your last chapter, the the transition to adulthood, and I got to thinking about that as I was uh, literally just skimming through the book this afternoon. Um, my wife and I were talking with a neighbor just yesterday in our driveway, and the question came up of, "Is it okay for our kids to fail?" and you're shaking your head, yes, and and I'm and, and you and I are on the same same wavelength. That um, we, I mean, both sets of our kids, uh, my wife and my kids, and uh, my neighbors' kids have they've they've all had their levels of failure. Should the parents bail them out
7: when they fail? I think. Absolutely. No, of course. That's. There are specific circumstances. There are degrees uh, in all of this. So, broadly speaking, no. I mean, that is where the the most profound lessons in life almost always lie. Um, the it, it, it's those meta lessons. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I think our culture has put so much in social media doesn't help, but we've put so much emphasis on. The uh, the metric, while losing sight of the mission and what the metric was meant to indicate, uh, and these metrics have gotten uh, less and less, less and less reliable uh, as indicators of uh, being on the right track. Uh, the, you know, t- in today's world, college isn't. You know, we we tell every kid they have to go to college, but college has become. Less and less, uh, of, of the sure route to success. You right. know, in the 1960s, it was, it cost you nothing and call, you know, a bachelor's degree was rare. It guaranteed you long-term employment at a company that was going to take care of your benefits and the whole nine. That and you're going to work for for 30 years and retire. You'd be a company man and yeah, check them. Right. Out. And, and that's not the case anymore. Um, there are a million ad- avenues to education, uh, today you can become educated, uh, you know, autodidacts—people that really are passionate about their work—they educate themselves throughout their lives, and that's got to be the goal. Right? The go- you know, anyone successful, truly successful, truly happy and fulfilled, is going to be the type of person that is passionate about some of their projects and is self-educating. Uh, but we don't really have that lens, and it—and it, 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 that—that's a really big issue. Considering we have no idea what the world's going to look like when our children come of age. Uh, you know, the children, you know, my kids will be, uh, th- you know, f- in in 2050, they're going to be my age. Uh, that is <laughs> crazy. Right. R- you know, we have no idea what 2050 what is going to look like. So we can't give them... We can't give them... It's, S- some pretend to teach them everything they're going to need to know uh, as if they would remember it anyway. What we have to do is give them skills and inclinations, you know, the skill of learning, uh, the skill of communication, uh, the confidence to know you can go into uh, new fields and learn and, uh, and succeed. You talked about, okay, the, the 2050, they're going to be your age. Now, I did a little math
0: just uh, a week or so ago of taking the year that I was born and subtracting my age. So thinking about from the year I was born and what I've learned over those decades, all right, now let's go back in time, take the year I was born and subtract the amount of years that I've, that I've been on this earth. 1899. Wow. And so you think about what the world has gone through since 1899 to the year that I was born. And now from the year that I was born to what the world has accomplished in those decades. And yeah, you can't just focus on the time that I'm here. You you also take into what what the past was. And as you said, the future, that, that in 2050, your kids are going to be now your age. And the world's changing. Very <laughs> dr- rapidly. Dr- drastically. Very rapidly. You talked about also the... Uh, uh, Is college for everyone. Uh, I would assume if you watch the right videos, you can get yourself a pretty good education
7: just from YouTube. Without a doubt. Now, YouTube, of course, is a rabbit hole uh, that that you can fall into. Um, A lot of people will say, yes, you could self-educate, but will you be motivated to do so? Uh, And my argument would be, uh, if you're not motivated to do so, are you going to appreciate your college education anyway? Uh, and then the modern world, uh, I think there's far too many uh, 18-year-olds showing up at college with no real interest in an education. They're interested in the, the other sort of extracurriculars there yeah. uh, and no real preparation. Uh, we. You, one thing I, I've talked about is, is that we need a deadline for adulthood uh, for real adulthood there's there's not a real clear idea of what an adult is anymore when but you become an adult exactly
0: that was that was the next question was okay what is adulthood is is it the the day that you move out of your home into your first apartment or your first dorm is is that when you become an adult uh, it, when you make your own decisions? But, you know, you make your own decisions at 12, 14, 16, 18 years old. When,
7: so, right. So what, how do you define adulthood? Well, adulthood is, uh, first and foremost, it is the the confidence, the capacity to be a self-governing human. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I think, I think you and I would agree that in too many "quote unquote" adults aren't really adults by my definition. Um, the <laughs> <laughs> I know people my age that sure, sure. So, so you know, one of the, the failures of society in a, of our time is we haven't really created a very clear sense of what it means to be an adult. Not only a clear, but very inspiring vision of what it means to be an adult. You know, for the first time ever, we've seen some dra- dramatic changes. With Gen Z that are worth noting, uh, but uh, more more now than. In the past, our, our, our youth today aren't looking to the authority figures in their life as a model of who they want to be, mm-hmm. or with respect. Um, m- more than ever, they're, they're comfortable living at home for a long period of time. Uh, they're, they're, you know, to some degree, lobotomized by those devices, and, and that ambition and real yearning to be something is lacking. Um, and that's that's kind of terrifying to me. Um, so, so yeah, adulthood is, uh, is we, we have to re inculcate the sense that that is a desirable state. And, you know, if, if you take a his, historical lens, it's not, it's, it's no mystery as to how this happened. Right. Uh, you, you know, if, if you were born in the early 1900s, uh, or, you know, over the next 50 years, then all parents and all of society had a very clear idea that, It was not going to be kind or sweet to create a perma child, uh, to create, you know, to to create an an infantile adult. Okay, Right. There was there would be nothing kind about doing that to someone because there were real challenges the world was going to throw at you. You know, early 1900s, you're born. You you might have World War One, if not that, the Spanish flu, which killed far, far, far more people than than COVID-19. Sure. Uh, Then you would have the Great Depression. Uh, or the Dust Bowl. Uh, one of them would have hit you. Uh, and then following that, you had World War II. Following that, you had Korea, which the majority of men served in. Following that, you had Vietnam. So there was no real uh opportunity for a parent to be deluded into the the fiction that they that it was kind to let someone grow up uh incapable. Of surviving in a chaotic envi- environment. Um, so one of the curses of our our comfort and convenience is that we now can do that to our kids, um, and I think the effects of it are just as dire. Uh, but because they're not, you know, a certain death. We don't see, see them as this dire. But you know our kids, if you look at the if you look at the the mental health rates, the the skyrocketing rates of mental health mm-hmm. disorders uh, in the last 10 years, uh, it's disturbing. If you look at the rates of, uh, of obesity, of uh, drug overdose, uh, it, it's really alarming. And, and every every adult needs to be looking in the mirror and saying what is going on. Uh, every culture, every community needs to be stopping and saying how do we address these issues? Uh, you know, it's kind of the Abraham Lincoln quote. You know, the the dogmas of the past they're not going to work now. It, our, our our challenge is new, and we've got to think and act anew. And it's time for us to do that uh, <laughs> because because it's it's it. There's no denying that we're seeing something. Uh, Pretty, pretty dramatic and terrifying. All right, Shane Trotter, starting with one guy sitting right here in the studio,
0: but talking to the thousands of people that are listening right now, how to how do we create change and and what's the change we want to we want to create?
7: Cultural norms are unbelievably powerful. Mm-hmm. So I think the first and foremost thing is to recognize that the cultural norms that we are inculcating in our children that we have accepted for so long uh, are not serving us well. We've built our environment around uh, a consumerist ethos about what serves uh, some people's bottom lines. Uh, we've had many, many companies uh come in who are very good at hacking our impulses uh, and creating uh, a a, a basically itch cream environment where we're constantly having to scratch these itches. Uh, And we've come to see that as normal, where we are uh, in so many moments giving into our impulses we're being
0: uh, succumbed by advertising
7: we're succ- absolutely you know and people don't understand the the, the brilliance of advertisers mm-hmm. uh, you know it, it it goes deep into your subconscious the, the freud's nephew uh, is, is the one who, who really created the advertising I- industry. Uh, and, uh, of course, he was, before that, he, he wrote a great book called Propaganda in the 1920s. He was the, the first minister of propaganda for the U.S. Okay. So th- this stuff goes pretty deep. Um, but since then, you know, the, 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 the scale of what advertising can do has, uh, been amplified so much, uh, first by the TV, but now by the fact that everyone's got a TV in their pocket that is buzzing them at all times, as learning from their behavior at every at, at every moment. Uh, and as uh, Tristan Harris, the uh, he, he's a Google design ethicist, he kind of had a Jerry Maguire moment and he left Google and uh, has become uh, he, he's he, he's the guy behind the uh, the Netflix uh, f- documentary, The Social Dilemma. But oh yeah, he he calls it uh, a race to the bro- bottom of the brainstem where they've They've studied our minds. They study us, and they're very good at figuring out how to uh, take your life away, how to manipulate every moment of your life. Because you know, very explicitly, the the industry is uh, they only make money by you spending more time on screen. So that is the bottom line for them. You are not the customer. You are the bait. Yes. They sell your attention to other companies. Uh, and every time your phone buzzes or every time it lights up, it's 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 an attention
0: getter. And it's become an affliction where, okay, it buzzed. Oh, I got to see who, who texted me or who messaged me or... Uh, messengered me, uh, you know what I meant. Absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, but you're right. On social media, you are not the customer. Oh, absolutely not. And all that information is is is. In fact, Mark Zuckerberg, I think, was in the in the documentary, was uh, saying, "I I can't believe how much information people volunteer."
7: Absolutely. On a daily basis. Well, and what people. D- there are so many subtle things going on that are having such dramatic uh, effects on us and and I think there's a lot of denial uh, that goes you know I I'm not addicted I like it oh but I have you know fallen in this trap but uh, we don't understand to what degree this is truly at, at a biological level affecting us Uh it, and in some, you know, a good example to that is, is in 2009, everything changed. Everything changed dramatically. Uh, first Facebook, uh, they added the like button. Okay. So oh. now, yeah. So Facebook originally, really, if you look at the research, all the mental health stuff that we're seeing, uh, the majority of them started post iPhone and, uh, and, and were, exacerbated even more, uh, post 2009. So the like button, you know, before Facebook was just a list of, uh, of, it was just a feed chronological order of things put out there. Um, and, uh, you know, when that's quarantined to a computer in your house, that's not so bad for society. Uh it's not it's not this awful thing. Uh then you put it on on, on every in everyone's pocket with a smartphone and the apps. That makes it that much more uh you know, addictive. Uh but then you add the like button and now there's a social approval thing that we're going after. Right. And then Twitter comes about and they had the retweet button, which the guy who designed the retweet button said, said, oh my gosh, he said this years later, said, oh my gosh, it's terrifying. I basically had it Added, or I'm sorry, I basically gave a loaded gun to four, to, to a four year old. Uh, and what we what we saw after that was was you know evidence to it, uh, dramatic po- polarization, uh, and, and of course Facebook responded to that with the share button. Um, and, and so these things seem really really insignificant, but they've had dramatic effects on the ecosystem that people are living living on on their phone and their pull to go back to the phone. At as they check for validation from other people on everything they post out right. there, um, so you know these are again these are subtle, but it goes to 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 the the biology, the human biology, and 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 what our brains, you know, they've they were not designed for the environment we've put them in. So to get back to norms, um, we we're going through a dramatic social revolution not in Mansfield in America and and, and in most of the world uh, we just are uh, and uh, it, it, you can't blame anything it on any one specific thing you know one thing we haven't even talked on was the self-esteem movement uh, and, and what that did um, so there's there's many causal factors here um, but the norms as they are are terrifying giving your, nine-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, a smartphone, and expecting them to to, to turn out healthy and well-adjusted is is naive. Uh, And yet, I say that, I don't blame any specific parent. We have put them in a world, you know, it has never been harder to parent. This is completely novel, and there's no one leading the community at large to choose better norms. Yeah. And that's really my, my number one push is we've got to take in the research. We've got to clarify standards and we have to educate people and come together and talk about what is uh, a fulfilling, fruitful norm. Uh, you know, we can't, it's not like we can hide social media and smartphones from our kids forever, but I would believe very strongly in uh, nothing but a flip phone until they're in high school. And then it's kind of like a lear- learner's permit. Well, and, then, they'll, then they'll graduate to the Blackberry. <laughs> well, and then, <laughs> and then you get to, to high school, and then you know, edu- you know the 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 school district, in my opinion, needs to be educating parents on. Well, these are recommended uh, parental apps, so you can see, uh, you know, it is not healthy for these young men to have. I- ubiquitous access to porn like they do, uh, among a a billion other things uh, that that come with this. Uh, The social media, the effects on on, on young ladies in particular are dramatic. So to actually, it empowers the the parent. What, what, What too often happens is parents feel like this stuff is bad for their kids. But then I have a 11 year old and she's been telling me for years now, and her, and I've seen it with her friends that this 11 year old, her friends for years have had a smartphone, and now I have to make the decision as a parent: do I um, do, do I keep her isolated from her friends and, and without access to this thing that that, that is the, you know the, the core of their social lives at this age, or do I give it to her? And suffer everything else that comes with it. And that's a situation we shouldn't be putting parents into. Exactly. So what What did you do? Well, I have a five-year-old and a three-year-old. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I thought you said the 11-year-old. Oh, I'm it sorry. I, I, yeah, I, no, I, no, not your, not no, your, not no, your daughter. <laughs> no, sir. Uh, no, but that's okay. the situation we, I talk to these parents, and this is the situation we repeatedly put parents into. Well, it becomes and, peer pressure that,
0: that, uh, Johnny down the street has a smartphone or Johnny down the street has, uh, a, a Wii or, um, uh, another gaming system. I, oh, absolutely. And, and how come I don't have what they don't have? Well, you know what? Um, yeah, my neighbor drives a Mercedes and I drive a used car. Uh, they bought it new and
7: and it's social comparison is 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 very influential. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievably influential. So that's the power we have in my opinion by by owning norms. If a school district can come out, can own the research, can know the research, can build a program around the research, and can work to empower parents that these are our recommended practices based off the research. We aren't perfect. We're going to continue to take this stuff in, but we are going to give you and try to get you on the same page so you as parents have the tools to be successful here. Um, and, 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 and the smartphone is the most obvious. Uh, you, you and I were talking before we... we, we we, we got on the show yeah. about uh, about the, the nutritional norms and that came about in the 1960s <laughs> uh, it, it fascinating um, fascinating, in you know, evil genius type way that they changed what was normal about how how Americans eat. But yeah, we we accept you know cinnamon toast crunch is an acceptable and pop tarts is right. an acceptable breakfast. Um, uh, and, and the manipulation amongst the advertisers is is, is profound.
0: Yeah, but. you mentioned the lobbies. Uh, sure, that, that the lobbies even have their hand in uh, in school school lunches. And, Absolutely, and that. Um, The school lunch may not be as healthy as people think they should be.
7: Yes, to say the least. (laughs) (laughs) To say the least. All right.
0: (laughs) We're talking with local author Shane Trotter about our kiddos. It's interesting stuff. And we'll pick up part two next week. As always, this is the place where you will hear the latest Mansfield news, sports, and weather. Until then, don't forget to like, follow, subscribe, share, love, support this podcast if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. It's free and it's easy. Just enter your email address on our website, aboutmansfield.com. We will never send you any spam. We promise.
1: About Mansfield is recorded at Podcast Mansfield Recording Studio. Hosts, Steve Casio and Colleen Daniel. Moment with the Mayor feature, Michael Evans. Science reporter, Dennis Webb. Sports, Jonathan Dodd. Methodist Mansfield News to Know, Angel B. Asadi. Mansfield Real Estate Market Update, Beth Steinke. Ask Terry, Home Improvement, Terry Radzwin. Cocktail of the Week, Brian Certain. Post-production editing, mixing, and mastering, Steve Casillo and Jonathan Dodd.
0: We thank you all for listening. On behalf of the entire news team, I'm Steve Casillo, and this... about Mansfield.